Welcome to KXA News Today. Here are your Thursday morning headlines. Austin City Council meeting this morning. It's going to talk about requirements for air conditioning in apartments and homes, as well as firefighter staffing, among other things. That meeting kicks off at 10. A person died after swimming in Lake LBJ. Austin Public Health says it's related to a brain-eating amoeba. Health experts say infections like this are rare but can happen when water goes up the nose. It says the risk is made worse by the extreme heat. Austin's homeless strategy officer resigning. Several city council members confirming that to KXAN. Diana Gray was tasked with coordinating between more than a dozen city departments involved in the response to homelessness. She started that job in January of 2021. And the state has a new plan for Austin ISC's special education program. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning. I'm Sally Hernandez. After months of back and forth, the Texas Education Agency might not take as much control over AISD as originally recommended. KXAN's Brianna Hollis explains what we know so far as the school board prepares to talk about the plan today. And we have committed significant time and resources to better serve our students. A promise to do better for special education in Austin's public schools. We know the breadth, depth, and seriousness of the challenges facing our special education program. The primary challenge at play, a backlog of evaluations for students with disabilities. A TEA report uncovered AISD sometimes waited nine months to complete those evaluations. State law allows districts a month and a half. That's really the gateway into special education services for students with disabilities. Without that timely and full evaluation, services don't start. In March, the TEA recommended that state officials step in to direct operations for AISD's special education program. AISD appealed that recommendation and the district says TEA has now offered an alternative plan that's less extreme than the original intervention. The district, however, couldn't disclose the details of that plan just yet, and the TEA had no comment. It's worth noting just how far we've come. AISD says the district has tripled its evaluation staff and made improvements when it comes to catching up on evaluations. The pending evaluations have decreased by approximately 35% since January 2023. The superintendent cannot provide the current number of overdue evaluations when KXAN asked. This is an important agreement that we hope. We have a lot of hope in the fact that this will speed up that process and get services started for those kids who have been waiting an exorbitant amount of time. Brianna Hollis, KXAN News. Board members have to vote on whether to accept TEA's new plan by September 29th. Here's how we got here. The advocacy group Disability Rights Texas filed a lawsuit against Austin ISD in 2021. That group alleging about 800 students were waiting on delayed initial evaluations. Says another 1,600 were waiting on delayed three-year evaluations. Those evaluations are needed to identify students with disabilities and children who need additional support or services. Last December, the group asked the TEA to investigate the district, made a similar request two years ago. In the past, the district told us that the pandemic was challenging because it prefers to do these evaluations in person. The district also lost teachers as well as some of its specialists needed for these evaluations. 
Well, Idalia, no longer a hurricane. It has now weakened to a tropical storm after roaring ashore as a major hurricane in the Big Bend region of Florida. This happened yesterday morning. What you're looking at here is damage and flooding from across portions of Florida. Tropical storm Idalia now moving northeast, but still a force to be reckoned with, threatening the coastal areas of the Carolinas with intense winds, flooding, and even possible tornadoes this morning. Idalia expected to continue tracking northeast offshore North Carolina later on today, but we still have those flash flood warnings up for portions of North Carolina as we speak. Let me bring you back a little closer to home. A live look outside from our Whittlesea Landscape Supplies weather camera there. Round Rock looks good, moving smoothly on I-35, mainly clear up top. Temperature-wise, we're sitting in the 70s across most areas right now. 72 in Bastrop, 79 up in Cameron, 73 for Georgetown, 78 here in Austin. These temperatures just a smidge warmer than what we had yesterday in most spots up by four degrees here in the city. We will see technically speaking a warming trend if you will this afternoon but it's only one to two degrees so we can handle it still puts us in the low 100s forecast high 102 underneath that mainly sunny sky today not expecting anything in the way of rain. We do have one alert in play and that is an air quality alert unhealthy for some as far as that air quality goes today because of ozone. We've got an ozone action day in play this afternoon. We'll talk a little bit about what that means and how you could do your part. A steady heat into September here over the your Labor Day weekend. Temperatures will stay hot as we continue to rack up those low 100 degree days. More on that coming up in your first morning forecast. This morning, police are still looking for the person who fired shots into a jewelry store inside Lakeline Mall. Austin police tell us they responded to a call shortly after seven last night. Details are limited, but police say whoever fired those shots took off. There are no reports of any injuries. Police also need help finding a driver they say hit a man walking two dogs. APD sharing this video. Clearly, it's hard to make out what exactly happened here, but this is near Brody Lane and William Cannon Drive. Officers saying a man who was on Paisano Trail a little after midnight was walking. Investigators say the driver of a possibly gold or beige four-door sedan hit him. The driver kept going, and police say the victim is still in the hospital, might not make it. For those listening on the podcast, you can watch this video on KXAN.com on our homepage. What a deputy medical examiner had to say during the Sixth Street mass shooting trial. And we're looking at what Travis County is doing to combat overdoses as a new drug in our area is starting to worry county leaders. Good morning, everyone. On this Thursday, August the 31st, wrapping up the month as we head into September, a live look at the camera we have over at the Whittlesey Landscape in Round Rock. Good morning to you in Round Rock. Back here in Travis County, a medical examiner deputy took the stand in the 2021 Sixth Street mass shooting trial. DeAndre White is accused of killing 25-year-old Doug Cantor and injuring more than a dozen others. White has pleaded not guilty. Yesterday, the Travis County medical examiner described Cantor's gunshot wounds. She told jurors that he was shot once through the torso, again through the forearm. An Austin police detective also took the stand talking about phone data tied to this case. And the jury heard from witnesses about their experience of what they saw and heard that night. We continue to follow this case closely. And to read more about the testimony, you can find the story on KXAN.com, our homepage. Still ahead, as State Board of Education members are meeting this week in Austin, 
We're looking at the topics they're talking about here in town. How will the state respond after a judge sides with cities in a major hearing when it comes to a law banning cities and counties from passing ordinances inconsistent with state law? Good morning, a live look up from the domain, our Indeed Tower camera looking out at Q2 Stadium and beyond in North Austin. We appreciate you waking up with us here early on on this Thursday morning. I want to tell you about the State Board of Education, its members meeting in Austin this week on topics relating to charter schools, science textbooks, and some other instructional materials. Yesterday, Texas Education Commissioner Mike Morath briefed the board, gave updates on education policy, test scores, and a new push for fentanyl awareness in schools. This is actually now the largest cause of death for people ages like 14 to 30 in the United States. Um, uh, and we are trying to do what we can to spread the word to our schools to make sure that um, uh, they're, they're uh, properly informing both parents and kids of, of, the, uh, of this plague. The board scheduled to continue its meetings through Friday. For the first time in Travis County, the medical examiner says people are dying after using a tranquilizer for horses. Travis County medical examiner said it is the first time he has seen these kind of results. At least four, possibly five people who died from overdoses last month had xylazine in their system. County says that xylazine is being mixed with other potentially fatal drugs like fentanyl. The ME says the drug adds a dangerous new layer to the county's fight against fentanyl. It was initially studied for use in treating high blood pressure, uh, but it was never approved for human use due to very adverse side effects. And by the way, xylazine does not respond to naloxone or Narcan, which reverses an opioid overdose. County leaders say because the drugs are often mixed, it's still best practice to give someone Narcan during an overdose. Continuing our Edalia coverage, wanted to show you more damage video. This is out of the state of Georgia. That storm hit Georgia at hurricane strength yesterday. Police say a man died after a tree hit him. The victim was actually cutting a tree on a highway when another tree fell on him. And footage shared by On Point Property Maintenance in the state of Georgia showed down trees in the middle of a road outside Valdosta, a city in South Georgia. The maintenance company said they were trying to clear the road to get to a person's home there. So clearly the damage that we were afraid of uh, unfortunately came to fruition not only for the state of Florida but in Georgia as well. And problems in the Carolinas, South yeah. Carolina, North Carolina. I've seen video of major flooding in Charleston. I mean this had a big impact. For sure and we knew because it was moving so fast it was going to retain its strength and bring multiple states impacts here. Let me show you where what is now tropical storm Edalia lies and you can see this storm is slowly spinning its way over the coast of South Carolina and North Carolina getting most of the heaviest rain there on the northern side of this system. The blue polygons indicating flash flood warning. So too much rain in too short a time. They're going to be dealing with this for the next several hours but eventually uh, Edalia will move offshore and no longer be an issue for us as we get into about dinner time this evening. I'm expecting those impacts to last through about midday. Here at home, 
quiet. I mean, there's nothing across the state of Texas except from mainly clear sky. We can see that on our Indeed domain camera here. Temperatures yesterday morning unseasonably cool in the upper 60s to low 70s, getting a little closer to normal this morning with those temperatures sitting comfortably in the 70s across central Texas right now. 73 in Bastrop, 73 Georgetown, 78 here in Austin, but lower 70s as you get into the hill country. Day planner shows those 70s warm into the 100s today. If you've lost count, today would be 69 that we see that triple digit heat here in Austin. Uh, that'll tie us with 1925, but I think we're going to fully take hold of that record as we get into tomorrow. Those low 100s will continue. Something to note because the weather pattern, we have elevated ground level ozone, which may be unhealthy for some sensitive groups today. We will, can all do our part by reducing our emissions, kind of carpooling, walking our our uh, you know kids to school instead of driving the car when possible, uh, filling up the gas tank later on after the sunset, uh, things like that to reduce emissions. So it's not that we're polluting today any more than any other day, but it's just the weather pattern with the sinking air and all that sunshine. We might run into some trouble with that ozone. Wildfire danger is very high today. That's a four to five in all counties. You'll notice our humidity is going to be on the low side today. It increases heading into early next week and the temperatures will stay pretty hot. So looking ahead towards your Labor Day weekend, we're going to see the temperature stay at about 1 and 2, 1 and 3 in the afternoon. The overnight lows get a touch warmer here heading into the weekend as well with that increase in humidity. But I'm not expecting anything the way of major rain chances. That 10% you see Tuesday, Wednesday of next week, that's primarily for our eastern counties with a little bit of a sea breeze. So right now that seven day forecast is showing uh, pretty much mainly dry skies for the majority of us from from now through middle of the week and the temperatures hot in the afternoon, warm in the morning. Kristen, thank you. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell appeared to freeze while answering questions from reporters. Again, it's the second time this has happened. He froze during a news conference on Capitol Hill last month, but this time it happened in his home state of Kentucky. The 81-year-old had just finished a nearly 20-minute speech in a forum and was answering questions from reporters yesterday. When asked about running for re-election, McConnell froze up, running for re-election, not speaking for more than 30 seconds, including when that aide that you heard there tried to help him, repeating the question to the senator. Re-election in 2026. Right. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator McConnell went on to answer questions before he was escorted away. It's really alarming to watch that. A little more than a week after the Texas Department of Transportation announced final approval of its I-35 downtown project, a lawsuit already brewing against the planned expansion. Austin grassroots organization Rethink I-35 announced it would file a lawsuit against TxDOT later this year. The litigation is focusing on TxDOT's I-35 Capital Express Central project. So for a refresher, that's the $4.5 billion eight-mile expansion running through downtown Austin. Several Austin City Council members, community groups, and citizens joined Rethink 35 Wednesday denouncing the planned expansion and highlighting its impacts on surrounding neighborhoods. It's really going to take all of us, and luckily we have the pages of history to draw from. This has been done before. We can do it again. 
In a statement, a TxDOT spokesperson said the state agency does not comment on pending or threatened litigation. A new state law goes into effect tomorrow and it allows school districts to replace counselors with chaplains. The state senator from the Galveston area who authored the bill says this is a way to, quote, put God's presence into schools. But it's getting pushback, a lot of it, including from several prominent religious leaders. A letter signed by 100 Texas chaplains from many different faiths worry that it could violate the separation of church and state and the religious freedoms of students and parents. Another concern is the law doesn't make it clear who qualifies to be a chaplain. This is not a political partisan uh, fussiness. This is a very serious concern on the part of people who really know what they're talking about. I don't think this is one faith against another faith or one faith feeling particularly threatened. This is all of them saying this is equally a problem for all of us. The law does not require schools to employ chaplains, but it does require that all school boards take a vote on whether to allow it. Going in depth on this, school districts are also having to talk about a new law on campus security. Starting tomorrow, all campuses in Texas are required to have an armed guard. If schools can't make that happen right away, they have to ask for more time to come up with an alternative plan. Several districts say they are lacking the personnel for fund or funding to meet that deadline. Not everyone in Austin is following the latest water restrictions. Since Austin Water toughened the rules two weeks ago, the city's water utility has issued nine citations. Austin Water told KXAN five citations were given to commercial customers and four to residential customers. The utility said it has received more than 1,000 watering violation reports through 311 and has sent warnings to customers. Austin Water said enforcement staff members have spent 105 hours patrolling since the tighter rules went into effect. We are digging into more details about a new partnership between the University of Texas and Samsung. The announcement is expected to happen tomorrow morning. We know that it's a forum about the future of the tech industry and UT Austin's semiconductor research. And we also know Senator John Cornyn and Congressman Lloyd Doggett will both be there. They're scheduled as speakers. We'll let you know what they announce. Suck a little football. Longhorns are entering football season with even more excitement than usual. Team says this year feels different and hopes the hype is warranted. The season kicks off Saturday against Rice and Noah Gross gets you set for the matchup. Well, even when there seems to be not a whole lot of reasons for expectations to be high around this Texas football program, they still are. Now there's plenty of reasons for those expectations to be high as Texas is picked to win the Big 12 for the first time since 2009. A lot of that success is going to rest, of course, on the shoulders of quarterback Quinn Ewers, who seems to be night and day from his first year starting. I think Quinn and I have gotten to a really cool space. Um, of, of communication and understanding. Um, I'm able to talk to him about you know, little the, the minutia in plays and, and in defenses and things going on and he's worked at it. I feel like I'm a lot more comfortable in the system and <clears throat> which ultimately uh, leads to confidence so I just feel 
feel a lot more confident in myself. Now on the defensive side of the ball, the quarterback over there is, of course, Jalen Ford, the preseason Big 12 Player of the Year, perhaps snubbed from that award a season ago. He continues to be a leader in earning rave reviews from his teammates. Shoot, Jay Ford's been making a lot of plays through fall camp, punching the ball loose, and like, see, y'all see how he got those picks last year in the middle, high pointing the ball. Like he's still, he's still on top of that. The best thing about it is just knowing that you know. Uh, I finally, you know, earned the respect of my teammates um, in the locker room. And honestly, as a football player, that's probably, you know, the biggest thing you could ask for. Now come Saturday, of course, Ford, Ewers, and Texas, big favorites against Rice here when they'll take on the Owls at 2.30. Something Coach Shark has tried to preach to his team is you only get so many of these opportunities every year, so have a sense of urgency when it comes to each game week and game day. For now, at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, Noah Gross, KXAN News. All right, for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. What's included in Round Rock's city budget as it continues to have one of the lowest tax rates in Central Texas? Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you. 